Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Neko, the Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, I'm bringing you guys a mock draft on drafters.com. It's not really a mock draft. It's actually a best ball draft. What best ball is, is pretty much you draft your whole team now, and then during the season, you don't actually have to set your lineup at all. The computer automatically generates your lineup based on performance on that week, so you don't even set your lineup. It just automatically puts the best players in, and then at the end of the year, whoever scores the most points ends up winning the league. If you want to draft with me on drafters.com, you can use code Notorious at the top of your screen for a 50% deposit bonus, as well as the link down below in the description. So to get into the draft here, CMC was the first pick, followed by Saquon Barkley. So now I'm up, and to me, this is an easy selection. We're going to go with Ezekiel Elliott running back of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I understand he has the big Rona right now, but he's going to be okay. By the time the season starts, he'll be okay a couple of weeks from now, hopefully. And I think that Ezekiel Elliott is easily my number three running back for fantasy football in 2020 and my number three overall player. So I'll happily select running back Ezekiel Elliott out of Dallas for my first pick of the draft. If any of you guys are ending up being new from just finding me on YouTube, please make sure to click that subscribe button down below. It's free, and I'm going to try to produce content for you guys every single day to help you guys win your fantasy football championship. So coming up here at number four, we see Mr. Alvin Kamara come off the board. So a very typical first four picks of a PPR draft. Typically here at five through seven, we're actually going to see Michael Thomas come off the board. Anywhere in that range, Michael Thomas comes off at five. So not very surprising. Now we are in a 10 team league and in 10 team leagues I actually do draft a bit differently because in a 12 team to 14 team league I kind of draft the same way I'm really trying to hammer the running backs but in a 10 team league I'm more likely to try to draft the tight end earlier because I think the positional advantage is just more important in that type of a league but I still typically stay by the same strategy in all these drafts which is to load up on running back but not make sure that you're reaching for the player you want so if I want someone to come back to me at the second pick and they end up getting taken I don't want to just reach for a running back in a different tier when I could easily just draft a wide receiver and happily draft a running back in the third round that I feel like is at a better value at that spot you don't want to come into any draft with any set strategy now obviously if you're the number one pick you know who the fuck you want before you even enter the draft you should know you want Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley personally I'm a big fan of Christian McCaffrey I think he's easily the running back one yet again in 2020 so Looking back at the board, after Michael Thomas came off the board, we saw Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, and Devontae Adams. So nothing too surprising right there. Dalvin Cook has fallen back, obviously, a couple of picks due to the fact that he's holding out right now. And we actually have no idea what is going to be happening. But at the end of the day, he should end up signing eventually, I would think. After him, obviously, Joe Mixon, to me, my fifth best running back. I think Joe Mixon absolutely tears it up in 2020. I think this is going to be the year for him, strictly based on the fact that I think the offense is just going to be running so much better this season. We saw Mixon later in the season when the Cincinnati Bengals offense actually started to get it turning that he ended up playing well. And they also started Ryan Finley for a couple of games, said Andy Dalton, which was terrible for him. After that was Devontae Adams, like I said, then Nick Chubb. Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So in these first couple of rounds, you're going to really be seeing running backs come off the board at an exorbitant rate. They're going to be flying off the board. So the wide receiver value actually comes back very nicely. So if you want to get two running backs, I actually advise if you can actually pick where you pick in a 10-team league to go ahead and get one of those later picks. Get pick 7, get pick 8, get pick 10, where you can go ahead and snag two running backs in a row.
after CEH, we saw Aaron Jones, Kenyon Drake, and then Tyreek Hill. This guy went with the zero running back strategy so far, but the zero running back strategy goes for a couple of rounds. So if he ends up picking a running back in the third round, then that isn't true. But he went with two wide receivers with his first two picks, Michael Thomas and Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill in best ball is a lot better of a player because he obviously will sit in the games where he just scores to like eight points. But in real fantasy, you obviously have to deal with it. In real fantasy, I prefer Julio Jones way over him. So looking at the board right now, we are one pick away. We already have Ezekiel Elliott on the team. I'm really hoping that, thank God, he did not get taken. Travis Kelsey gets taken there. First tight end off the board. Typically, you're going to see Kelsey and Kittle go rounds round two and three in your typical at-home leagues, as well as seeing Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson go around there as well. But we're going to go ahead and get Austin Eckler, running back of the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, I understand there's a lot of concern in the fantasy community about, oh, my God, the L.A. Chargers are not going to be running the ball as much. They're not going to be doing this. They don't have dump-off man Phillip Rivers anymore, so he's not going to be good. I understand the red flags. There are red flags there, but there's also flags telling me that Austin Eckler is going to be getting so much opportunity. They obviously don't have Melvin Gordon anymore. We saw last year without Melvin Gordon, fucking Austin Eckler is doing his touchdown celebration of strumming the guitar just like he is going to strum you to win your fantasy football championship. He is going to go off this season. He's a PPR monster. I I have called him fucking... Christian McCaffrey Light. He's like Miller. There's regular Miller beer, I believe, and there's Light. There's Budweiser, Bud Light. He's the light version of Christian McCaffrey. He's going to be getting a lot of rushing and a lot of pass-catching opportunities, so I think Eckler really tears it up this season. After Eckler, we see George Kittle, DeAndre Hopkins, Todd Gurley, and then Lamar Jackson. So like I said, Lamar Jackson comes in the third round. Not very surprising here, but now we are up to bat. At the running back position, it kind of gets a bit scary after here, so I'd much rather just go ahead and draft the wide receiver and then come back in the fourth round and snag my third running back. So right here on the board, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay, DJ more to me. There's one clear option here, and that's Julio Jones. Now, I understand there's obviously the concern about Julio Jones, and that is the fact that this guy just can't find the end zone if you fucking paid him. He's in to score four to six touchdowns every single fucking year because for some reason, he just can't find his way into the end zone. But the guy's going to go for 1,500-plus yards and absolutely ter- maybe not 1,500-plus yards. That's kind of crazy. Like 1,200-plus yards and just have an overall great season. And I talk about this in a lot of videos, but if you guys are new, there's this theory that I have about Matt Ryan. He has a good year and then a great year. Good year, great year, good year, great year. So his last season was his good season, so he's bound to have a great season this year. And I think Atlanta's going to be humming on offense. Just like we saw last year, they were the number one passing offense in the NFL. They were passing the ball pretty much every single time their situation in Atlanta is very similar. Obviously, they get rid of Mohamed Sanu halfway through the season. But now, what happened? They go from injury-prone Devontae Freeman to injury-prone Todd Gurley at running back. They tell Austin Hooper to go ahead and skedaddle, and then they bring in Hayden Hurst, pretty much a carbon copy. So they're bringing in carbon copies of each of these players. The offense is going to be humming. Mr. Dirk Cutter loves to throw the goddamn ball, so I believe Julio Jones will eat, but Dirk Cutter has no idea how to design plays for Julio Jones to find that end zone. After Julio Jones, we see Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, Pat Mahomes, Chris Godwin, Jonathan Taylor, Leonard Fournette, and Mike Evans. So a lot of these drafts, you're actually going to notice in the first two rounds, very, very running back heavy, and then rounds round three and four. You're going to see a lot of the wide receivers actually fly off of the board. So many people are very high on all getting all these running backs, so the wide receiver value really falls deeper into the draft. Chris Godwin is a guy who originally a couple months ago you might envision being a top two round pick. Now he's falling into the third round. Amari Cooper, perennial top 12 wide receiver, falls into the fourth round. Now I hate 
Amari Cooper. I fucking hate the guy because he's a fraud wide receiver 12 because he's so inconsistent. One game, he's on fire, literally skull-fucking a defense. The next game, he's asleep and just shits the bed because you he, you forgot to buy him his huggies. That's just what happens. Odell Beckham Jr., Juju Smith-Schuster, two players who had a lot, very, very, very high expectations last year and absolutely kerplunked straight through the ground and didn't play too well in 2019. We also saw Le'Veon Bell come off the board, who would have been my pick here in the fourth round, but we are one pick away from being up to bat, and we're probably going to be going with running back here at our next pick. So Calvin Ridley comes off the board. So we're going to be ahead, go ahead and happily select our running back to the team. Now it's between David Montgomery and Chris Carson, but I'm honestly going to believe slightly more in Chris Carson. I think he does have that top 12 potential. Now I understand that sure, the guy has fucking fumbleitis. We've known that for years. The guy is just prone to fumbling the ball, but at the end of the day, I think he will still be able to stay safe. They bring in Carlos Hyde, and it's clear that Pete Carroll said he wants Carlos Hyde to be the running back too. Chris Carson is the running back one, the head honcho back, the workhorse in a very run-heavy system, so I like Chris Carson here in the fourth round. After that, we see A.J. Brown come off the board of the Tennessee Titans dial. I don't think A.J. Brown is some talentless hack, but I'm just a Avoiding him because I think Ryan Tannehill takes a step back and I think we see the Tennessee Titans try to play more like they play in the playoffs and really try to run the goddamn rock to win those games. After AJ Brown, we see Melvin Gordon come off the board going from the LA Superchargers to the Denver Broncos. Obviously to me, I'm just fading Melvin Gordon because I honestly think Philip Lindsay isn't that bad. I think they could honestly have a 50-50 split and that's really going to hurt Gordon. So I'm not going to go ahead and draft him the fourth round. After that, we see Mark Andrews come off the board. My tight end three, so not very surprising to me at all going in the fifth round. After that, we see James Conner. So now we're probably going to look to attack the wide receiver position yet again here. Our wide receiver one, obviously, is Julio Jones. But looking at the board here, Keenan Allen, Devontae Parker, Stephon Diggs, DJ Chark, Cortland Sutton, T.Y. Hilton, Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett. Robert Woods, Terry McLaurin. To me, there's an easy pick here, and that's Cooper Cup. Now, I love his teammate, Robert Woods, and I actually have them very close in the rankings. If you guys saw Monday's video, it was actually about the wide receivers 10, or 11, and 12, and Cooper Cup's my wide receiver 11. I really think he's going to have a great season this year. We saw him start off on fire, and then late in the season, he kind of just glided into being a top five wide receiver due to his touchdown scoring ability. He scored 10 total touchdowns last year, so I think this Rams offense is going to be looking much better in 2020. Now we're about 10 minutes into this video, so if you guys have enjoyed thus far, please make sure to click that subscribe button down below. And I'd also like to ask if you guys are on Twitter to follow my Twitter because there's going to be a poll going down today as you guys are watching this about who is the best fantasy analyst in this bracket. And I'd really appreciate if you guys would vote for me. It would really mean a lot to me. Even if I lose, it's okay though. I just like to see that I got some votes. So after Cooper Cup, we see Robert Woods, his teammate. I love both of these guys. I can honestly see reasoning for picking Robert Woods over Cooper Cup. Devontae, or not Devontae Montgomery, David Montgomery, and then David Johnson coming right back to back. Two Davids in a row. I think David Montgomery is one of these guys that's going to be really slept upon due to the fact that he was really high up there on so many people's rankings. Everyone's like, holy shit, David Montgomery's going to be super upside. David Montgomery this, David Montgomery that. And then he doesn't do that. He just doesn't beat the expectation. His expectation was potentially a top 12 running back, and he shit the bed at that, but he was a solid running back for his rookie season. I think his second year is going to look a lot better in Chicago, especially with Foles. David Johnson, we have yet another similar situation, just like last season, where David Monk, or David Johnson is actually really falling now. He was originally a guy that you would think would be a top five pick, but last season he was falling back out of that. He was like a top six pick. Now he gets traded to Houston for a used fucking condom. 
which is at what the Houston Texans got in fucking return for DeAndre Hopkins and David Johnson. They got a used condom and David Johnson. But at the end of the day, I think David Johnson has a lot of high upside. I think he's a pick where you're really shitting yourself when you pick him because you're thinking this guy has top 10 potential, but he also has the potential to really just fuck me right in the ass without the use of any lube. So that's how you got to take it. You take either, hey, he really has that potential because he's on an offense. They want to run the fucking rock. But the downside is the guy's been riddled with injuries. After that, we see Tyler Lockett and then DK Metcalf, just like with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Once you see Lockett or Metcalf come off the board, the other one typically follows pretty soon. Now, something funny to note is in a lot of drafts, Metcalf goes above Lockett, and I'm not going to go ahead and debate that because I think both the guys should have a great season. They're just on a run-heavy team. After we see DK Metcalf, DJ Chark, Zach Ertz, who's a guy I'm really fading at the tight end position, Cortland Sutton, who I'm fading as well, Terry McLaurin, and then Hollywood Brown. So the running backs right now going into the sixth round are not looking super duper hot fire so I'm glad we already have three in Ezekiel Elliott, Austin Eckler, and Chris Carson but looking at the running back core available right now we see guys like Mark Ingram, DeAndre Swift, Damian Williams, Devin Singletary, Carrion Johnson, Marlon Mack, J.K. Dobbins, Raheem Mostert. It's all guys that are huge question marks. But there's actually one that stands above the rest, and I didn't even talk about him, and that's Kareem Hunt, running back of the Cleveland Browns. Now I understand there's going to be those people in the comment section, these people who believe, Kareem Hunt's a fucking backup, you dumbass motherfucker. He's he's the handcuff. No, he's not. All right? They're going to be running the ball shits on. He's going to be getting the ball in space. They're going to try to make plays because Kareem Hunt, if you remember before his incident in that fucking hotel The guy was the Chiefs running back one. The guy, his rookie season, was a fantasy football beast. He was a fantasy football beast the year after that as well. And he will be in Cleveland yet again. I understand he's the RB2 on the team, but he should be able to tear it up. And the running backs are falling fast. So it seems like we're going to have to go ahead and draft Kareem Hunt here before he ends up falling up. And we just got absolutely sniped. Kareem Hunt goes off the board. So now we're just going to go ahead and fade that position and go with a wide receiver and then hammer some more running backs slightly later. So looking at the wide receiver core, Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs, T.Y. Hilton, Julian Edelman, A.J. Green, Michael Gallup, Debo Samuel. So no real guys I'm really looking at here. I typically don't go quarterback this early, so we're probably going to have to maybe reach on running back, even though I kind of talked about not wanting to do that at all so this is going to be quite the shitty situation for us but I'm going through my straight up thinking here I'm gonna go ahead and reach on Tyler Boyd I understand the sixth round might be a bit early for a lot of people's liking on Tyler Boyd but I really think the guy has top 20 upside the guy's gotten a thousand yards two years in a row I'm a huge advocate of him he typically is like a seventh or eighth round pick but I'll go ahead and make sure I get my guy that I think will be a top 10 player on my team so I had to go ahead and or potentially a top 10 player on my team potentially a wide receiver one a majority of the weeks in this season especially if AJ Green ends up being as clumsy as I think he's going to be and missing a lot of games because sports injury predictor has him at a 50 percent plus chance of getting hurt Devin Singletary comes off the board who I think is just kind of a overvalued player I mean at the last year we saw when Frank Gore was really healthy it was a split between Frank Gore and Devin Singletary and then you know what the Buffalo Bills decided to do they decided to draft another fucking running back in Zach Moss in this year's draft so I'm a bit worried about Devin Singletary not looking super duper hot for me so obviously T.Y. Hilton comes off the board next Kyler Murray Keenan Allen so we are in a best ball draft so I'm more likely to try to take a guy that I think is a long shot but does have the potential to be an elite player whereas I may be fading these kind of players in a real draft. And who I'm talking about here is J.K. Dobbins. 
I think J.K. Dobbins is in an excellent situation to succeed, but he needs Mark Ingram to get hurt. So if you want to draft Mark Ingram with J.K. Dobbins, I actually don't hate that. But the player I'm going to end up taking here is Raheem Mostert. Now, I know there's a lot of talk around the fantasy community of Raheem Mostert being a very overvalued player. And I kind of agree in a sense because Raheem Mostert isn't the only back in San Francisco. They use a zillion running backs on that team all the time. But what you have to understand is that if it's such a run-heavy team, they can use a committee and Raheem Mostert could still eat. So I like Raheem Mostert. I don't think he's potentially an RB1, RB2 like a lot of people are thinking. He's more of a solid flex play. And if anyone gets hurt, I'll happily throw Raheem Mostert into my lineup. But on drafters, obviously, they just throw it in for you. If you guys are enjoying this video at all and think, hey, maybe I should want to draft with Nick. You can actually add me on here on Drafters, Notorious FNTSY, and I'll make sure to add you back. Also use my code, Notorious, if you guys want a 50% deposit bonus. So after we went with Raheem Mostert, Cam Bakers came off the board, followed by Damian Williams, and then Stefan Diggs. Obviously, Stefan Diggs moves from Minnesota to Buffalo. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I'd say it's actually a good thing for Adam Thielen that Stefan Diggs gone. And an okay thing for Stefan Diggs. I think this Buffalo Bills offense is going to be very good. I just think Stefan Diggs might be overvalued. But here he wasn't very much overvalued because he went in the seventh round. I think in a lot of drafts, though, we see him go a lot higher. After Stefan Diggs, we see Evan Ingram, Darren Waller, J.K. Dobbins, Darius Geis, and Michael Gallup. And Darius Geis, to me, is just an overblown running back. This motherfucker can't stay healthy. So why are you drafting him? Why are you drafting him to play three or four or five games? Why are you drafting him into a running back situation that is as confusing as it gets? They have one of the best running backs of all time on their team. Now, I understand Adrian Peterson is not Adrian Peterson from five, six years ago, but he's still fucking Adrian Peterson, and he's still going to be running the ball a decent amount of time, and they have other guys. They drafted another running back to join this fucking team, so I don't understand the love for Darius Geis, Michael Gallup, Debo Samuel, and then we see Dak Prescott, who doesn't even show his name here, but that's obviously Dak Prescott. As you guys are watching this, Dak may or may not have signed his franchise tag. I recorded this the day before that was supposed to happen on Monday. So maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I would assume he does, but the, the guy got fucked over if they don't if they don't give him like a real contract. I can't believe it for Dak. So Debo Samuel goes before that. So Debo's fallen down the board quickly. He was more of a sixth, seventh round pick. Now falls into the eighth round with that injury. I do worry about it. I wouldn't be drafting him the eighth round until we know more about it. Around August is when I think we'll have a better idea of what's going to happen with Debo Samuel. So after that, we see Dak, James White, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, and Deshaun Watson. So we are in the eighth round, so I am comfortable taking a quarterback here, but I still think I would much rather wait and load up on the running back and wide receiver core. So looking at running backs available, on Johnson, Marlon Mack, Ronald Jones, Philip Lindsay, Sony Michelle. Guys like that. So I think here, we're going to go ahead and select one of my favorite running backs late in the draft. And there's actually three guys I'm eyeing on the board right now. Sony Michelle, who I like, obviously injury prone, but I like him. Rojo, who I like a lot as well, as well as Philip Lindsay. Right now, I think Rojo is in the best situation to score a bunch of touchdowns on that Tampa Bay offense. So that's who I'm going to go ahead and draft. But I wouldn't hate Philip Lindsay either because, like I said, I think Melvin Gordon is going to be stuck in a snap share, a touch share with fucking Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay, very underrated considering the guy was an undrafted free agent and a pro bowler his fucking first year in the NFL. Now, he didn't play in the pro bowl because he ended up getting hurt and he won me a championship because he got hurt and the other guy had him. So, shout out to you, Philip Lindsay. But this guy is no pushover. He's a great running back in the NFL and a thousand yard rusher easily 
if Melvin Gordon wasn't there. But with Melvin Gordon there, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of back and forth towards these guys. And Melvin Gordon last year was getting absolutely mollywhopped by Austin Eckler. After I went with Mr. Rojo, AJ Green came off the board, followed by Jarvis Landry. AJ Green, I am not drafting him. I fucking said it in every single video I make. AJ Green is fool's gold. You remember four years ago, A.J. Green, one of the elite wide receivers. You think of him now, you might still think elite wide receiver. Don't think that. Don't think elite wide receiver. Think of a washed-up wide receiver who probably has top 20 potential if he plays, but hasn't really played all that much. I mean, in the last four years, he's played less than half of his game, so I don't really trust that at all. Uh, after Landry, we see Philip Lindsay, so that's a great pick by him. So we're probably going to dive into the wide receiver well here. Tight ends, a lot of them are still available, and around the 10th rounds where I look for Hayden Hurst, even though he's been skyrocketing up the draft board, because a lot of people realize that Dirk Cutter just loves to use that tight end position. So after Philip Lindsay, we see Alexander Madison, and now it's our pick. A bit early for Madison, considering that guy doesn't even own Dalvin Cook. If you own Dalvin Cook, you have to reach for him, though, because I think you need him in order to succeed. So looking at the wide receiver position, guys still available, Christian Kirk, Julian Edelman, John Brown, Jerry Judy. I actually want to get Julian Edelman on this team. I think he is a very safe pick. I think even though Tom Brady is gone, we still see Bill Belichick draw up the plays to get Julian Edelman the ball. If you're Jarrett Stidham and you're a fucking young quarterback, obviously second year in the NFL last year, obviously rode the bench behind Brady. You're going to want to throw the ball to the safe slot guy, the guy who you know, you throw the ball near him, the squirrel man, Julian Edelman's going to get that fucking ball. After that, we see Marvin Jones, who's a guy I was hoping would fall into the 10th round. Very good pick. I think Marvin Jones is going to have an excellent season. Russell Wilson, John Brown, then Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard's a guy who's being extremely underlooked due to the fact that the guy, he has no hands. I mean, he really doesn't. But getting thrown into a situation where the Miami Dolphins are not going to be fucking terrible. I'm a Dolphins fan. Jordan Howard's going to run the ball a decent amount. And the running back around him is injury prone. I understand Matt Breida never really, he always plays though. But he is injury prone because he always gets hurt. I like Matt Breida. I like his value as well. I think Jordan Howard is an excellent steal as well, though. He's a guy not many people are talking about. And is a guy that I think obviously has on a some game basis when he's playing up against these bad defenses like the Jets where he's just going to absolutely plow straight through them after that we see Jerry Judy who to me is kind of not a pick I want to be making I think all these Broncos wide receivers you should just put the Michael Jordan fade away on that whole fucking wide receiver core because Cortland Sutton would have been a value but then they bring in Jerry Judy they bring in KJ Hamler so now they have a shit ton of guys they got Noah Fant Albert O so I'm just staying away from that whole situation including Mr. Jerry Judy out of Alabama after Hayden or after Jerry Judy, we see Hayden Hurst, who that's a snipe on me. I should have fucking picked him in the ninth round. I really think he has top five tight end potential. Josh Allen, Christian Kirk, Tom Brady. So a lot of quarterbacks are actually falling in this draft. We saw Mahomes and Lamar Jackson go in the third round, but not until the seventh round was the third quarterback picked in Kyler Murray. So I'd actually like to inform you guys that in your at-home league with your typical friends these motherfuckers are going to draft quarterbacks so early in a lot of situations now you need to know your league you got to make sure that before the draft if you've ever played with these guys you go ahead and go to the draft history and look at last year's draft or the year before see where these guys are drafting quarterbacks out if you see them flying off the board in the first couple of rounds note that in your head that that's going to happen so you have you can understand that the value is going to be there 
um, later at these other positions, or note that they're taking quarterback later so that you can understand that that's going to happen as well. Maybe you can find a value in like the seventh round on a guy like Kyler Murray, which you're normally not going to be seeing because he goes in like the fourth fucking round. After we see Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Tom, Karrion Johnson come off the board, followed by Darius Slayton, Tyler Higby, Deontay Johnson. Tyler Higby is a guy not being talked about too much. Now, I understand all of these LA Rams guys aren't going to be fucking amazing like a lot of people believe, but the guy was a beast down the stretch, and I honestly believe that he's going to be getting a lot of work this season as well. Jameson Crowder comes off the board the 10th round, which I don't really like at all. I'm not really trying to buy too heavily into Jamison Crowder. Now, looking at the board here, Marlon Mack's still going to be getting some work, but I don't think he's really necessarily worth a pick. I'd much rather go ahead and get Sony Michelle, who, while they'd right, like to run a running back by committee in New England, is the alpha running back in that situation. I think unless we see Sony Michelle get extremely hurt, then he, he should be fine. But something to note about Sony Michelle is right now, I'm not sure if we can pop up the news, but he's on the PUP right now. He underwent foot surgery, so it seems like he may not be back in time, which is worrisome. If in August, Sony Michelle doesn't seem like he's going to be healthy soon, I'm fucking skedaddling straight off that take and hopping back on the James White train or maybe even drafting one of those other backups on that roster like Damian Harris and maybe hoping that maybe Sony doesn't come back and we see a Damian Harris train. A lot of people were heavy on Damian Harris coming out of college last year thinking, oh, maybe Sony Michelle will get hurt because Sony Michelle does have that knee arthritis. But Sony Michelle said, fuck your couch and just played the whole goddamn season. So C.D. Lom comes off the board at the next pick. C.D. Lamb's a guy that I'm also, I'm kind of on, but I just don't see him getting over a thousand yards like a lot of people are kind of predicting. Looking now towards our pick, I think we're going to continue to wait on tight end. The quarterback position is still wide open. I would like to get Matt Ryan here actually in the 11th round and pair him with my quarter, my wide receiver in Julio Jones. Now I understand stacking isn't necessarily the best all the time, but if I can get my elite wide receiver and pair him with an elite quarterback and Matt Ryan, who I think tears up because earlier I said good season great season good season great season we saw the good last year we're to see a great season this year out of Matty Ice now we are back on the board sorry about that I had to fucking sneeze but what sucks is Matt Ryan got absolutely sniped from out of my arms right there at the 1101 and then Keyshawn Vaughn goes so we're probably going to go ahead and fade quarterback here yet again we still got 30 seconds to pick so we'll probably end up loading up on one more running back here but I don't really like the value so we're probably going to just go ahead and pivot onto wide receiver there's a couple of guys I like here I like Mike Williams I like Anthony Miller I like Emmanuel Sanders as a safer pick Preston Williams I like as a high upside pick but I'm gonna go ahead and take Anthony Miller time here in the 11th round, I think Anthony Miller, we saw late in the season, is a true wide receiver too. Allen Robinson obviously is going to tear it up with the addition of Big Dick Nick Foles, who I believe will be the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears. I think we see a much better looking Chicago Bears offense. And in that case, I think Anthony Miller is going to see a terrific year that we can find late in the draft. After that, we see a run at running bike. Matt Burita followed by Latavius Murray, Marlon Mack. I like Latavius Murray. He's probably the best handcuff in fantasy football. We saw last year when Alvin Kamara went down. He was scoring 30 fantasy points per game in those two games. So if you draft Alvin Kamara and then you stand, you go ahead and select Latavius Murray in like the 10th, 11th round, you're good at running back. You know you have one position completely locked up. Latavius Murray used to be the head rusher of the Minnesota Vikings, and then last year obviously moved into the running back two role of New Orleans. But we've seen the talent. We know the guy's good, so I like that value there in the 11th round. Another pick I like with a lot of value here, Zach Moss at the 108. Zach Moss is going to tear it up. I told you guys about, I don't know if I actually said it. I don't like Devin Singletary. I 
really think, just like with Melvin Gordon, we're going to see a 50-50 split potentially, especially in Buffalo, because when Frank fucking Gore was healthy, Zach Moss, or not Zach Moss, Devin Singletary was sleeping. He was taking a fucking nap. He got his Snuggie on, and he was sleeping, chilling back, and then Frank Gore was playing pretty good. Zach Moss could do the same thing. He could ball out of control. All ball or ball just hard enough for you to not want either of them. But I'd rather much I'd much rather take the guy later going the eleventh round in Zach Moss. So looking at our roster so far, we've got Zeke, we've got Austin Eckler, Chris Carson, Mostert, Rojo, and Sony Michelle are wide receivers. We've got Julio, Cooper Cup, Tyler Boyd, Julian Edelman, and Anthony Miller. So a very well-balanced roster. Six running backs, five wide receivers, no tight ends, and no quarterbacks yet, but that's a okay with me now we are in a best ball league so I actually like Hunter Henry's value in this kind of a league but in a real league you won't fucking catch me drafting Hunter Henry because I'm not drafting three fucking or two tight ends I just won't draft two tight ends in a normal league in this kind of league you have to because if he gets hurt you need someone to play and if he ends up obviously on bye week you need someone to play same thing goes with quarterbacks I typically don't draft two quarterbacks but speaking of the devil Hunter Henry just gets fucking absolutely picked before I even get to go so looking at quarterback there's still a lot of players here that I like Drew Brees Danny I don't really like Carson Wentz but I do like him at this value Danny Dimes is still available as well so there's tons of options there at the quarterback position for us in like the 12th or 13th round, which is typically where I look for quarterbacks as well as tight ends. The tight end train is going to absolutely fall off though momentarily if we don't go ahead and snag a guy. Now, a guy I haven't talked about a lot actually is Jared Cook. Jared Cook was actually getting pretty involved later in the season. He was overall a pretty solid tight end all year long. While obviously I don't think he's the second coming of fantasy football Jesus Christ, I don't really believe that. I think he'll just be a safe tight end, which isn't necessarily the best, but at the end of the day, when you're going to be drafting a couple of tight ends in these kind of leagues, doing a safe pick of Jared Cook is obviously something that I wouldn't mind doing. Normally you see me take a guy like Mike Gesicki, Janu Smith, or Jack Doyle, but I figured I'd talk about someone new and pick someone new in these videos because you want to diversify. If you're playing in a bunch of leagues, you want to pick different players that you all like in different type of situations, or maybe Maybe even a player you're not super hot on, you kind of feel indifferent, lukewarm on, you still pick them here. Anyways, Danny Dimes got picked. Very sad for me. If you guys want to draft on drafters, I would advise diversifying the revenue, as Nick Urkelana would say, and draft slightly different guys in every single league. But we're going to go ahead and snag tight end Jared Cook here. Now, I understand there's going to be people saying, Nick, why the fuck didn't you draft Austin Hooper? You saw how good he was last year. I saw how good he was in a Falcons uniform. Now he falls to Cleveland, where he may just be cursed, And he also is playing where they're going to be run-heavy. And in Atlanta, they were very pass-heavy. That's why I like Hayden Hurst. That's why I don't like Austin Hoop God Hooper. Darrell Henderson comes off the board, who would have been a snag of a pick had they have not drafted Cam Akers. Now, in these drafts, as you guys have seen, I like to load up on the running back position. That's the key to winning, is having running back depth and finding a lot of wide receivers later. That's why we went running back very early on and often in the draft. So now we're probably going to have to go ahead and find another running back here or hammer on the wide receiver terrain or maybe even a quarterback here since we're in the 13th round. If I can get Drew Brees and just snack him, or not snack him, you know, put him together with that wombo combo of Drew Brees and Jared Cook, I would also like that, get the double points when they find that After connection. After Henderson, we saw Golden Tate and then Austin Hooper. So does this guy have a quarterback already? He does have Lamar Jackson. So if he takes Drew Brees, he's just absolutely bending me over and kicking me right in the cock. 
So that's something important to notice as well when you're drafting is looking at the teams around you to make sure that if they need a position to pick them here instead of waiting and picking them here. So if he needed a tight end, it would have been a smart move to pick it here. But if I needed a quarterback and he needed a tight end, I would have to do it the reverse kind of way. If you understand what I'm talking about, it's very important to notice how the teams are actually constructed around you. I understand I don't really do it too much in these videos because I just put it in my head. I don't really speak about it, but it is something very important that I'll probably be talking about a lot more as the offseason goes on this guy just auto picks drew Brees, so he can absolutely go fuck himself so now we're gonna go ahead and probably just pivot off the quarterback position and yeah, no actually we're gonna go ahead and select matt stafford i think matt stafford if he could stay healthy is a top 12 quarterback if he could stay healthy is obviously a huge concern we saw two years ago in 2018 he fucked up his back but he played all 16 games because he's alpha man matt stafford then last year he played half the games just eight games in 2019 but if he could stay healthy in 2020 he'll be a goddamn beast because that defense is booty cheeks so they're gonna have to be throwing the ball a whole lot after that we see sterling shepherd and then mike Gasicki. Now, as a Miami Dolphins fan, I've talked about Mike Gasicki a decent amount. Now, while I do think he has super high upside, I'm tending to find myself not really liking to draft him because if we look at these splits that I obviously am not going to be able to edit onto this fucking screen, but I talk about them in another video. His splits with Preston Williams, Preston Williams wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins actually went the round prior in round 12. When he was healthy the first eight games, Mike Kosicki was sleeping. He was doing nothing. But once Preston Williams got hurt, we saw Mike Kosicki and Devontae Parker emerge. So who is Fitz's favorite target? I think it's Preston Williams. I think a lot of people are getting drawn in and roofied by fucking Devontae Parker and Mike Kosicki. After that, we see Mike Williams, Justin Jefferson, Michael Pittman, double rookie wide receivers coming off the board. Michael Pittman is in a situation in Indianapolis where we could see him absolutely explode, especially with T.Y. Hilton's injury history. So that's a solid pick there in the 13th round. A guy that not a lot of people are actually talking about, except for in the Dynasty community, obviously, because those motherfuckers are always talking about the rookies. I do play in Dynasty leagues, but this is obviously a redraft league. After Michael Pittman, we see Aaron Rodgers come off the board. Now, Aaron Rodgers is actually a guy who's a good topic of discussion because personally, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a down year again due to the running. Now, I think they are actually go he's going to actually finish higher in fantasy, but they really fucked Aaron Rodgers over by not drafting a wide receiver for him, which is obviously pretty concerning. But at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers is going to be fine for fantasy. I just don't think he's that top 12 quarterback anymore, but it seems like in these drafters, he's not getting drafted as that top 12 guy, but in a lot of at-home leagues, I can see Aaron Rodgers being drafted as a top eight quarterback strictly based on name value. Actually, now after we see Aaron Rodgers, we see his teammate A.J. Dillon, rookie running back. We see a tight end run of Janu Smith, Noah Fant, Dallas Goder, Blake Jarwin, Jack Doyle. This is what happens. Late in drafts, you're going to be seeing these tight ends and quarterbacks absolutely fly off the board. Now, we are going to end up needing a tight end, too. And we're probably going to have to end up drafting it soon before all this. we have to start drafting these scrubs. But Rob Gronkowski is just absolutely buried in here. So he'd probably be my pick in the 14th round. But just so you understand, Gronk is going to go in like the 8th round of your draft. Strictly based off of the name value of him, not how good he actually plays. On the field, looking at the running backs, there are still some solid running backs available. So I think we'll wait one round on Gronk. Go ahead and select yet another handcuff for Ezekiel Elliott. That's Tony Pollard. If Ezekiel Elliott was to end up getting hurt, and we have him on our team, so an even better reason to draft Tony Pollard is the fact that Tony Pollard balled out in Ezekiel Elliott's absence. And if, well, not even in his absence, because I don't even think he ended up getting hurt last year. But in a couple of games against Miami, 
God damn, Tony Pollard ran a train on us. He really did. He's so fucking good that it, I don't understand why they paid Ezekiel Elliott that amount of money when they had Tony Pollard, but that's okay. Tony Pollard is definitely a solid backup. Obviously, for fantasy, he's only going to be useful in those w- couple games where Zeke gets hurt, but if Zeke ends up getting hurt, handcuffing him with Tony Pollard is definitely a huge key to success for your team. After we went with Pollard, Sammy Watkins came out the board. And Sammy Watkins, to me, is kind of a waste of a pick. I really don't like drafting him anymore. I mean, we saw him last year had one good game that had a game that was very good in the Super Bowl. So I think you just overall fade Sammy Watkins. Naheem Hines comes off the board after that. So a lot of quarterbacks are still available. So we can go ahead and select our quarterback two probably in like the 16th or 17th round. We're probably going to go ahead and draft one more wide receiver here though. And looking at the board, Alshon Jeffrey, Curtis Samuel, John Ross, Tyrell Williams, Kenny Stills, Corey Davis, Hunter Renfro, T. Higgins, Nikhil Harry, Cole Beasley, Rashad Perryman. Tons of guys with some solid upside. So I'm going to go ahead here and do something that is a bit crazy. I'm going to go ahead and draft fucking Nikhil Harry, even though I have Mr. Julian Edelman. Now, I understand that that's kind of crazy to do in a redraft type of league, but we're in best ball. I think Nikhil Harry really has a breakout season. He would have last year as a rookie had he not have gotten hurt. He didn't develop that connection with Tom Brady. Then like eight weeks in the season when he comes back, Tom Brady just doesn't fucking look for him because they just don't have that connection. But that's going to change this year. Him and Jared Stidham are going to have a great connection after we see Nikhil Harry. Boston Scott comes off the board. Another great handcuff. Obviously the handcuff for for uh, Miles Sanders. I'm going to go ahead and fast forward our way into the the 16th round since it does get a bit dry back here but i'm gonna give you guys a breakdown of all those picks as well in a second boom we are back and we are one pick away from my selection boston scott after we went with Nikhil harry jimmy garoppolo big ben roethlisberger hunter henry jimmy guap not jimmy guap actually joe burrow alan lazard damian harris brashad perryman brandon Ayuk, who's actually a snipe of a pick that late in the draft i think brandon Ayuk has a great couple of weeks Early in the season, when Debo Samuel is gone, after that, Antonio Gibson, Anthony McFarlane, TJ Hawkins, God, Robert Gronkowski, and Ian Thomas. So Gronk went, even though it's who we wanted. So we're probably going to be stuck with another not-so-hot tight end. But we're going to go ahead and get our quarterback two here in Mr. Let's see, Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew is one of those high upside guys to me who I really think has the potential to be a top 12 quarterback a lot of the weeks, especially being down big in games in Jacksonville since that defense is hot cheeks. So while he's not a super big target of mine late in drafts in like a normal draft, because I typically only draft one quarterback in these kind of leagues, I really think that in best ball, he has a lot of upside for my roster. And you want to make sure you draft two quarterbacks if you're drafting two or three that have different bye weeks. So five and seven for Stafford and Minshew. We do need to get a tight end here, though. And there are actually some I do like late. I think Chris Herndon has some solid upside, and I also think that Jay Sternberger does as well, but I'd probably end up going O.J. Howard, strictly based on the fact that I think O.J. Howard has a bunch of big games this year, maybe when Gronk is injured, because Gronk always gets injured like 11 weeks in, or just when Brady throws it to the tight end, the other tight end in O.J. Howard. So I think we could see O.J. Howard have a great season, but not really for redraft, because you don't really want to draft the tight end to on any team when there's obviously guys that are still the tight end one available on their team. Will Disley could eventually become that since Greg Olson just always ends up getting hurt. Kyle Rudolph, obviously the tight end one on his team. Chris Herndon as well. So I'm going to fast forward to the final pick and then we're going to give a recap of my whole draft. And we are back one pick away from my 18th selection. After with O.J. Howard, Curtis Samuel, Rock Armstead, Josh Kelly, Gerald Everett, Titty Boy T. Higgins, Jared Goff, Ryan Tannehill, Chris Thompson, DeAndre Evans, John Ross, the Sauce Boss, Teddy Bridgewater, Chase Claypool, 
and Darren Fell. So to close out the draft here, we'll probably go ahead and select our final wide receiver here to end the draft. So still on the board, probably the pick would probably AB still available, who I think is actually not that bad of a pick in the fucking 18th round since he could come back and be a top 10 player but with that said I'm gonna go ahead and select probably LaVishka Chenault here gonna be my obviously my tandem with Gardner Minshew who I think could have some good solid games this year more safer pick would have been a guy like Kenny Stills but we're gonna go with high upside here late in the draft LaVishka Chenault they obviously drafted him for a reason they drafted him highly and I think he's gonna have a great season this year in Jacksonville but his next year will probably look better so to recap our draft our final roster, our two quarterbacks, we have Matty Snapback and Gardner Minshew, but it's probably easier to look at it this way. Round one, we went Ezekiel Elliott, followed by Austin Eckler, Julio Jones, Chris Carson, Cooper Cup, Tyler Boyd, Raheem Mostert, Rojo, Julian Edelman, Sony Michelle, Anthony Miller, Jared Goff, not Jared Goff, Jared Cook, Matthew Stafford, Tony Pollard, Nikhil Harry, Gardner Minshew, OJ Howard, and LaVishka Chenault. So if at any point you guys ended up enjoying this video, please make sure to click that subscribe button down below. I'll see you guys tomorrow with yet another video. And if you want to play and draft with me, add me on Drafters, Notorious FNTSY, and use code Notorious at checkout for a 50% deposit bonus. I'll see you fuckers tomorrow with another video. Good boy!